When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sometimes keeping it easier yields a better results. And we say this all the time about entertaining, about gifting food, about even just feeding your own family. Never underestimate the classics. They are classics for reasons. Like the chocolate chip cookie is the most popular cookie in the world for a very good reason. You know, I think sometimes we just think we like have to change it up so crazily. You don't. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You, a podcast about feeding kids. Hi, I'm Megan. And I am Stacy. And it's December. Holy guacamole. <laughs> How'd that happen? Ugh. Okay, you guys, since it's December, we want to give you a quick heads up. We typically take the second half of December off of regular Didn't I Just Feed You duties. We will have some new episodes, so fret not, fear not. We have recorded them. We're also reheating some classic episodes, and I think that, gosh, we've had a lot of new listeners. So I think for a lot of you, that's actually going to feel like new content too, which is great. But If you need even more from us in between now and then, you will want to join our listeners community and sign up for the subscriber feed. You can subscribe to our bonus feed on Apple Podcasts, and that will get you the two bonus episodes every single month. Those are going to be publishing as usual. Or you can go to dinijustfeedyou.com backslash community. And there you're going to see several options. One is for the free community space. That's where you're going to get our recipes and also our message board where Megan and I hang out and we will definitely be checking in over the holidays. Or you can become a super fan supporting member and that will get you those bonus episodes that we talked about and also an ad free stream. And you're not going to just be getting the new bonus episodes that we're going to keep publishing in December and in January. You're also going to get access to every single archive bonus episode. So if you're really like, I need more, I need new, all keep your it coming, ladies. And you want to your... drown them out by listening That's to right. us chat. This <laughs> is the moment to treat yourself. And it would also be just a lovely little gift to us, too. That's just the icing on top because you'll help support Didn't I Just Feed You. Yes. Speaking of supporters, today we're talking about cookies, specifically holiday cookies that we like to bake for gifting and also like for our own personal holiday traditions. But it's interesting that we had this episode planned and then we recently did Office Hours, which is once a month live Q&A session that we do for our super fan community. Um, and the the question was asked of like our favorites. And there was a whole conversation from our friend Alice, who's like, my daughter wants to do 31 days of cookies yes! <laughs> inspired by t- TikTok. And we were like, no, absolutely do not do that. But today we're just going to talk about like cookies for gifting and for holiday traditions. And then I think we'll do more of a cookie explainer, like a deep dive into cookies, which I can't believe we haven't done, even though we've had several 
experts talk to us about cookies. We haven't gone into a, a deep dive into like the varieties and how you can update those varieties for new ingredients, make them vegan, make them gluten free. So that's coming. But for now, I want to jump right in and ask how many cookies do you bake for the holidays, Stacey? Okay, I'm not going to answer your question immediately because I'm <laughs> laughing so hard at something. What? So we usually use a shared document to put both of our like research and our notes before recording in. But this time I must have done my like notes before the document, which you typically set up, was created. So I'm looking at my notes in my notes app. And then I'm looking at your notes in our document. And it's so funny to me that like we both have our favorites, but then you took your notes by cookie type, right? Which is like the technical, like drop, bar, roll. We'll talk about that. And I did flavor types. Yes. But there's a <laughs> like there's a Venn diagram of that, right? Like yeah. you can take a certain type of cookie and do all kinds of different flavors with it. But like where you did drop bar roll, I did cider, toffee, cinnamon. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. I feel like that really speaks to who we are. Yes. Okay. I make, it's funny because I'm, I do love traditions, but I do tend to like always get, I get restless, you guys. Mm -hmm. I get restless. Like we I want to change things up. I'm not always great. I want like new, a twist, fresh take. I'm not great at just making the same things over and over. And I think that I do that with baking because baking isn't, I don't have the kind of passion for baking that you have. So I have less motivation or like I'm not popping with a thousand ideas where I'm like, oh, I could do this or this. It's just nice to feel like I bake these certain things every single year, you know. So we've talked a lot about how we both bake cinnamon rolls for Christmas morning every year. And then my cookies for Santa is what I call them are the same every year too. So I do a peanut butter Nutella thumbprint cookie. Yum. It's a naturally gluten-free cookie. I didn't set out to make one that was gluten-free. And the twist on it is, of course, the Nutella instead of the Hershey's Kiss. It's like a peanut butter blossom. But I also put a lot of cinnamon in the peanut butter cookie batter. So the cinnamon with the Nutella is delicious. I then always make a chewy gingerbread cookie with a lemon glaze. And I make this other cookie that on our recent office hours with our community, I kind of went into the backstory of a nutmeg butterscotch cookie. So basically, I'm one of those people. I do love a chocolate chip cookie, but I'm one of those people who can totally like relate to and understand people who are like, I want a crispy around the edges, chewy in the middle chocolate chip cookie without the chocolate chips. Mm -hmm. I get it. And so I was like, oh, let me take that idea and run with it. And two of my favorite flavor, I love butterscotch chips. And I love, especially around the holidays, fresh nutmeg. And so I developed that cookie recipe to like combine all of those things. Um, so those are the three that I make every single year. There is a vegan cookie that I do make from time to time. It's a coconut almond raspberry thumbprint cookie. And it's not mine. <laughs> it's not my recipe is what I yes. mean. Yeah. So uh, the woman who started Earthbound Farm, the 
produce company. Now, of course, it's been sold, but she's like, you know, a hippie in the 70s, Northern California. Um, She wrote a cookbook back in the day, and it's from that cookbook. And the first time I had it, I don't remember where it was served to me, but I was like, this is a delicious cookie and I can't believe it's vegan. So I find that to be a good one. And then I don't make these as much because they're still like elder women in my family who do a better job of it. But there are a couple of Greek Christmas cookies that I want to talk about today. Well, tell us about them. Well, I kind of want to hear your favorites. Okay. To, like, well, I want to hear if you make things regularly. Then let's do a deep dive into each of the cookies. Okay. But what do you make every single year? Okay. Is there something you make every single year? Yeah, I'm kind of a traditionalist. I think my kids have certain expectations around cookies. So every year... I make pizzelles. That's usually our like neighbor gift. If you've never had a pizzelle before, it's like more of a batter than a dough. And Mm -hmm. you cook it in a press that is not unlike a waffle cone maker. I'm thinking about how recently on the office hours you said you're like, they totally remind me of a waffle cone because they also remind me of a waffle cone. (laughs) But they're a little bit prettier. And the tradition... They're a lot prettier. prettier. They're so pretty. The traditional flavor is anise, which is delicious, but my kids don't love that as much. And I... uh, So we we just do a vanilla version of them. And we gift them in like a dozen stacked to neighbors, to friends that pop by. It's just one of those things like... I make in bulk and then anyone who we kind of like see and need a little treat for during the holidays gets a bag of pizzelles. And then even though we have sort of um, trash talked them, especially in our episode (laughs) we did with Cindy Ray, I do make rolled sugar cookies every holiday season. My kids enjoy decorating them, even though it's sort of chaotic. And typically we do that as like a get together with friends, which feels like a gift. Like you can come to our house. All the cookie decorating stuff is laid out. There's tons of sprinkles, like get the sprinkles all over the floor, let your kid go to town. And then you have cookies for Santa, if that's the thing that you want to do, or you just can feel like you checked that off of like the imaginary to-do list like decorating Christmas cookies with kids. And we can talk about how to make that easier, um, why to do it, and also maybe why to skip it, why it's maybe like a racket. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm excited that you want to talk about that because I did it a couple of years with my kids. It's obviously like a thing that we all try to do. Like my family tried it on. It never hit. Yes. But also I will say that as much as Oliver likes to bake, He has helped me bake the Christmas cookies that I mentioned that we make every single year. And that's just as satisfying to him. My kids are not super artistic. Yeah. Like they don't love art class. They don't like I I'm very crafty. But like some kids, I'm not even talking about the end result, the final result. I'm saying like they don't even enjoy it that much. That was never fun to them. And they were like, this didn't come out good. And I mean, I'm going to blow up his spot. Isaac will still come home to me sometimes and be like, oh, my God, he likes his art teacher a lot. Like, so he keeps taking this art class as one of his electives. And he's like, you have to look at this thing that I drew. It's the craziest or like it'll be like it's the ugliest. Like, and we'll look at it and he's like, 
it's supposed to be Russell Westbrook, one of his favorite NBA players. He's like, it looks like a weird deformed ghost. <laughs> and like, I'll look at it and I'll laugh really hard. And he's like, okay, okay. You don't have to laugh that hard. But like, it's a joke. Yes. My kids are not into crafting and art and decorating. I don't think my... I, so it never happened for us. Yeah, I was going to I was about to say, I don't think my kids care about the craft of it, but they bo- they do both really enjoy like drawing. And I think that they feel like that's an extension of it. Yeah, mine do not. But they're always ugly. They're so freaking out. The cookies are so <laughs> ugly. okay, though. I always I set aside a handful of cookies and a little bit of, of royal icing so that I can <laughs> decorate some that I am proud of. I don't know why, because I don't even think that they're like that great to eat. I was gonna say a word that don't, I don't don't because say, we do it's... have our cut out sugar cookie and royal icing recipe in our make ahead holiday handbook. They are something that freezes really well. And I think this is the thing. The reason that we started doing it as like sort of a gift to our friends, like come to our house and do it, is because I think so many people feel like you do, where it's like you think that you should and you want to do it. And it is kind of a fun activity, but like to invest all the time to like set it up for your kid to decorate like two cookies and then be moved on and for them to not taste that great is like it's not worth it for Everyone most needs people. a neighbor like you. I, I agree. I, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so what I started doing and I, I fully acknowledge that it takes some financial privilege to do it. Because I will go to Target and I will just buy every child a gingerbread house kit. One for you, one for you, one for you, and one for you. Because then just like open your box, do your thing, and we're done. Yes. (laughs) Because we do do gingerbread houses every year. We do the Target or Michael's or whatever, the box kit. Like it's already done. But you know, my BFF Patty they make gingerbread houses from yeah. scratch every okay. year and they do the thing, not royal icing, royal icing assembly, but like burnt sugar assembly because that is like so hearty. Yeah. And they do it right, right after Thanksgiving. Bless her heart. Bless it's her a heart. very sweet family tradition. I think that's the the other thing that we're sort of like hitting on here is like your tradition around baking for the holidays doesn't have to be everyone else's. And I think the thing that we should get into and the thing to consider is what is your motivation for baking cookies around the holidays? Are you looking for an activity or are you looking for something that you can like gift to people? And I think that that will impact what type of cookie you choose and also like how you package it and how you flavor it too. I will say that in addition to that, I do think that most people, especially kids, respond to the to having something to look forward to that is the same yes. year after year, this kind of repetitive thing. Like that's what tradition's about. Tradition tends to resonate with most people. Traditions that feel really meaningful get set when you're young. But the tradition doesn't have to be like, think about the space between Patty's approach and my approach with the gingerbread house. I have a 16-year-old who literally was like, did you get the gingerbread houses? That's He looks forward to it. And he doesn't give a crap that it's out of a box. Like, it doesn't make it any less special to him. So how you go about that really needs to fit your desire, your energy, your budget. 
But I think give yourself a break if it means like buying store-bought or just making a simple drop cookie because that's all you feel like you can deal with. That's all you have the time for. That's fine. It's just the same thing over and over that that's the part that they know that like you'll sit down with them and everyone will laugh and they'll be like candy or cookies in the end. Yes. Stacy, it's getting warmer and the weather has me so ready for a wardrobe update, but I want it to be for the long haul without spending a fortune. Quince is your place. It's not easy to get quality pieces that you can count on to last without investing a ton of money. But at Quince, I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I love the pieces I bought from Quince last year, too. I wear my linen pants nonstop. I'm so impressed with what I get for the price, which is 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Which means it's time to snag their 100% washable silk skirts and camis that I've been eyeing. And don't forget, Quince has the chicest accessories for great prices. Get warm weather ready with us and Quince. Go to quince.com slash D-I-J-F-Y for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash D-I-J-F-Y short for didn't I just feed you. This episode of Didn't I Just Feed You is sponsored by By Heart. Longtime listeners know that Stacy and I both struggled with infant feeding stages with all our kids. Breastfeeding was hard and choosing a formula was, well, also hard. We're thrilled to be working with By Heart, an infant nutrition company on a mission to make the best formula in the world. Not only is By Heart an easy-to-digest formula, their formula is also clinically proven for easier digestion, less spit-up, and softer poops versus leading infant formula. By Heart has their own patented protein blend that includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio, just like in early breast milk, which is tailor-made for a newborn's digestive system. Curious about By Heart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with code D-I-J-F-Y for a limited time. That's byheart.com slash podcast and code D-I-J-F-Y, short for didn't I just feed you. Additional terms and conditions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Going back to our conversation with Cindy Ray, where she was like, and we trash talked the sugar cookies too. She's like, people want, like when you're gifting too, they want things that feel reliable and that are yeah. just delicious. They don't, there's not an expectation about how much effort you put into it from the people who are receiving your gift of cookies or your the gift of your time. Totally. So like we're talking, we are going to talk about cookies, but I think like making Rice Krispie treats Absolutely. for holiday gift giving. I think making bark, which is really just like melting chocolate yep. and adding toppings to it. 
great gift. Things like totally. microwave fudge or Buckeyes. Chocolate dipped marshmallows. One year we even made hot cocoa mix. Yeah, so fun. Where we put in little pieces of peppermint candy and orange peel. Like we did different flavors. That could have caught on as a tradition. I mean, it just so happened that Oliver likes baking and he likes the particular cookies that we bake. So it really anything. I think you're right. But I just realized we got so off track. And I asked <laughs> you what you make every single holiday season, pizzelles and sugar cookies. And is that it? Okay. I buy the gingerbread houses. And then typically I'll take on like one fun baking project. Like last year mm-hmm. I did a Bush to Noel. That was Brian's request. Yep. I, I do not recommend zero ten like this. <laughs> And is that a baking project that you do just for yourself? Yes, it's primarily but like not the kids. it's like to share with as a family. Like we ate it as part Got of it. Christmas dinner. The thing about like a showstopper. Yes, a showstopper. The thing about it was that it like required many days of work, like many little pro- like making the meringue mushrooms one day and then making the cake and like finally decorating it. And I would have rather just had that time to like hang out like wrap gifts or whatever. Like I could have done something much lower effort. Uh, My neighbor, George, who is English, just came to me and was like, can we make mince pies and Christmas pudding, which I do not know anything about Christmas pudding. I've made mince pies before, but I was like, yes. So I think that's like the project baking that I'm going to take on this year and do it with George. And then we'll probably share it like during sugar cookie decorating and Christmas soup thing. So you're, Reminding me that I also have a Christmas dessert that I make every single year, but I guess that's different. That's for a different. Well, what is it? We but just we make curious. sticky toffee, sticky toffee pudding. <sighs> I make a sticky toffee pudding every single year. So good. Um, I guess you inspired me with your British talk. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh yeah. Okay, so let's dig into some of the cookies. Do you want to talk before I get into the Greek cookies about? Is there anything more you want to share with us about Pizzelles? Or sugar cookies. No, I did want to ask you, though, in your like four cookies that you make every year, and I guess you'll maybe answer this about the Greek cookies, too. What type of cookie are they? I'm assuming the thumbprints are like a what's called a pan shaped cookie because you roll them and you roll them in sugar and then you make the little thumbprint. So that's true of like the peanut butter cookies and the vegan cookie that you make. But the other two, are they drop cookies? Yeah. The chewy gingerbread cookies, a drop cookie. And I developed both of those recipes myself. And I like a particular kind of cookie. I like it thin. I like it a little crispy around the edges. I like it chewy in the middle. That's the way it goes. So the nutmeg butterscotch and the chewy gingerbread are both drop cookies. And then the lemon glaze goes on top of the gingerbread. It's a thicker glaze. It's not like a thin. Like almost like an icing. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And then what about the Greek, the two Greek cookies? Are they? So the two Greek cookies are, okay, Mello Makaruna are my absolute favorite cookie of all time. I don't know like how Greek cookies are like. uh, You don't have to know the type. You could just explain to us. Yeah, I don't know the type. So it's a dough that um, has a lot of, some people put the nuts only on top. Others put the ground nut into the dough as well. But it's a almost a sticky dough, and you shape it with your hand in an oval shape. 
And then it just sort of bakes up like in exactly that shape. And then it like doesn't expand too much. It doesn't spread. And then you, as soon as it comes out of the oven, you soak it in a honey syrup. Mm. So it's honey. Some people do honey and sugar and water and then lemon peel. Um, Some people might put orange peel a cinnamon stick. So it's an aromatic honey syrup and you take the warm cookie and drop it in there and the dough allows it to soak up. So when you eat it after it's cooled and you break it in half, it's like very moist all the way through. The honey syrup is supposed to soak all the way through. In fact, it's one of my pet peeves. A lot of uh, melomacadona that are not made in a way that makes me happy. The syrup, like the dough gets too dense and the syrup only seeps through to a certain point and then the middle is dry. Like, no. If the middle isn't soaked with honey syrup, it ain't right, <laughs> in my opinion. This is not the same, but this is what George's complaint was. He's like, I can buy mince pies like that are prepackaged, but they do not taste the same. And they're, they're like, nope, the fruit doesn't have as much brandy in it. It's not as delicious. Also, the syrup is reminding me of baklava, like that you brush on the top of it. Yeah. yeah, really, you should pour it over, yes. not just brush. Pour is not brushing is okay. not enough, Megan. Clearly, <laughs> brushing is not enough. Stacy <laughs> wants moisture in her cookies. Well, that's I, really though. Traditionally, you yes, pour it yes. over. You don't just brush it. So that honey syrup is used in a ton of Greek desserts. Like it's a common theme. The other Greek cookie that's traditional, they're called kurabiedes, and that's a short dough. It's usually studded with almonds. It's flavored with, I mean, it depends. Orange blossoms. Some people do rose water. That's not my thing. It's a regional cookie. I mean, it's like flavored different regionally. And actually, I did a little bit of uh, research on them and found that there are, I don't know how to say it because it's a different language. In Greek, we call them kurabiades, but it's kurabia. But it turns out that a version of this cookie is all through like Turkey and into the Middle East. And then it usually also has brandy in the dough or metaxa, which is a very Greek ouzo-like flavor. And then something else that is used in the Greek version is called mastika, which is a do you know about this? I feel like we've talked about it before. So I just bought some when I was in Greece because I've just skipped it. It's definitely not like, I don't want to say it's not essential. You'll find lots of versions of Greek baked goods that call for mastika made without mastika and they still work. But like the super traditional, you use mastika. It's it's made from a, re a tree resin. Mm -hmm. And it almost has like a piney flavor to it. But you buy crystals of it. You can also buy it in a powder form. Or you can buy crystals, big crystals or small crystals, and like bang it up yourself and turn it into a powder. And it's a... Uh, it's an ingredient that's used in a lot of Greek baking. A lot of the really plain, I don't know if you've ever gone to a Greek bakery, but the really plain short dough cookies that are sometimes twisted or shaped and then just brushed with an egg wash, a lot of those have mastika in them and it gives them a very distinct flavor. Aside from the piney flavor, is it a little bit bitter? When you say resin, that's what I think of. No, I don't think okay. of it as bitter. Mm -mm. But kurabiedas are also coated in confectioners or icing sugar yeah. at the end, too. 
They both sound delicious. And the reason I was asking about like what type of cookie they might be is that it helped. I'm just thinking about like for people who are gift giving, but I want to know the context of like, do you make these? Do you have, uh, you have other women in your family who make them and so you get to enjoy them? Yes. Curabiedas make a really good, both make a really good gift. Again, curabiedas are a short dough that you shape. Sometimes it's a crescent. Sometimes it's a ring. Sometimes it's a twist. Like the closest thing to me is shortbread. And Mello Mercado, no, I, I already explained. And both are typically like piled on a round dish and like piled high. Curabiedas are covered with powdered sugar. So it's just this like, you know, plate of snowball like yeah, cookies. Heat. Yeah, exactly. Wrapped in cellophane. So you would bring them to somebody's house. You'd bake them yourself and put them out as part of a dessert spread. It wouldn't be dessert on its own, but they're just like always around. Both are always around on Christmas. If you're my mom, you're eating them for breakfast. (laughs) They're just like always around. It's like with your coffee. But yeah, they make a great gift. They're very pretty. Cool. Well, can we get into like what considerations we might have for cookies to bake and give as gifts? Yeah, for sure. I did many years ago for kitchen a very expensive <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying it's expensive because <laughs> kitchen covered the cost of it but like we tested sending hundreds of cookies oh, you've mentioned this all over because I think that that's also a consideration not just gifting to your like friends and neighbors but shipping cookies to people and so I do think there are certain cookies that like are not worth sh- making and trying to ship in any way like the reason pizzelles are for our friends and neighbors is because they do, they're do they very delicate. They don't ship well. Um, I even think sugar cookies are hard to ship. I know many bakeries do it, but then they're like individually shrink wrapping them. And the thing there is like considering very carefully what shapes you're sending, like the more delicate the shape of the cookie, the harder it is going to be to send. And wouldn't you send a thicker one? Because, you know, they come in a lot of different, like when I make sugar cookies, when I have made them with my kids, we like them a little bit thinner because we want them snappier. And then the the icing kind of soaks into them. And so they're more more tender and more delicious. I agree. So yes, thicker. The other thing about shipping is that it is really expensive. Like you want to send things as quickly as possible. But you want it like you're going to need to buy a lot of packaging to make things like safe and secure. And then you're also going to pay for expedited shipping. So I would really consider whether shipping, the cost of shipping is worth the like nostalgia, the homemade effect that you might like might help someone who's a little bit homesick. Or if you could order something from a more local bakery and like have it delivered to them. Because I think time is a, is a consideration. Like how much time do you have to bake up several different types of cookies and send them? And is that going to send, fulfill your holiday wishes or your gift list wishes well? And then I love drop cookies of all varieties. I love that that and like hand rolled cookies. I love that those are on your list because those are easy to make in a mass quantity. Like when you're gifting cookies, it's nice to be able to gift a dozen or more at a time. And if you're having to make something that it like a sugar cookie, that it like requires a lot of time investment, you're stamping them out. You've got to let them cool. You've got to decorate them versus like a chocolate chip cookie or a snickerdoodle cookie where you can bake a bunch at once, I think is an important consideration. It's another reason why bar cookies are so popular. 
around this time of year. Although I do love some of the pressed cookies, like where you use a cookie press, like spritz cookies, those can be really great. But again, you're going to like have to make a lot of them to make them feel giftable. Yeah, they are very pretty. Also, I find that the dough is a little bit softer. So I I actually like that for texture and taste myself when I'm eating them. But I feel like that makes them a little bit more crumbly and a little bit more like hard to withstand being jostled around if they're not packaged correctly. Yes. 100%. And then I do think I'm pinky promise. I'm not trying to get into all the categories, <laughs> but I do think filled cookies are, are like fun. And like, if you want to go a little bit of an extra weight, they are harder to ship too because you run into things like moving around and those sort of like refrigerator icebox cookies. Like I think of like Italian wedding cookies where it's like, it's mm-hmm. very compact. It's a very tender cookie. Those are hard to send, but those are a great gift to make, I think, because they're kind of like low cost and ingredients and they just look so beautiful. And then I don't think no bake cookies get enough love during the holidays, even though I'm very like I only want the chocolate peanut butter oatmeal version. I know that there are like dozens, if not hundreds of varieties of no bake cookies. And then you can make a no bake cookie while you're baking other cookies and add more variety to your cookie baking session. Talk to us about flavors. What makes something festive? I love drop cookies and I think that they're easiest. So as the like non-passionate baker, I just think that they're the way to go. And you've already mentioned the reasons why. They're easy. Kids can help make them. You can make a whole lot at once. They freeze beautifully, although a lot of these freeze beautifully. But like you can freeze the dough. I It's just like so simple to yes. me. So the way that I make drop cookies festive is by playing with the flavor profiles. For me personally, I love cider, nutmeg, cinnamon, clove. I love toffee and butterscotch. Ginger is not my favorite, but I do like it. And it's very holiday. Molasses, that's where you're going to get into gingerbread territory. I like chocolate. Chocolate's like not my favorite, favorite flavor. But chocolate is a classic. Everybody loves it. And you can also start to pair it with things that I think can feel very festive. So chocolate and peppermint is great for the holidays. Chocolate and orange is another nice one. Um, Eggnog is another flavor. I think, you know, pumpkin spice has become such a like the minute the temperature goes (laughs) below like 69. It's like pumpkin spice season. But it's still like those warm spices still say holiday to me. So I think that those are that's like a nice Anise, you mentioned anise. You mentioned orange as appearing for chocolate, but I think lemon and citrus are also great. Lemon and citrus. Lemon, orange, lime, all the citruses make great flavors around the holidays. You know, this is a type of cookie, not a flavor, but macaroons, coconut macaroons are really nice too. And then, you know, I think biscotti is another type of cookie that you didn't mention that I think is really nice for gifting in the holidays and like feels a little bit like the kind of cookie you wouldn't make during the rest of the year. Yes. You know what I mean? It's so great. And like something that feels like you can have for breakfast. Yes. And then save the other cookies and the other treats for like dessert time. Yep. Totally. 
And then like butter cookies to me, because they're not my favorite the rest of the year. Like I think of, you know, you talked about spritz cookies or Linzer cookies, like butter cookies. I tend to like them filled because that makes them more exciting. So like, you know, a butter cookie, a shortbread with jam, like that kind of thing, I think is very festive and pretty and nice. too. Yes. And you could lean into those sort of like holiday flavors and do like a cranberry curd as or a cranberry jam yes. as the filling to your Linzer cookies. I think almond is very underrated. I know people like there are people who for whom they do not love almond flavoring, but a lot of times it is included in a Linzer cookie to sort of balance out the tart of the raspberry or cranberry jam in there. And then you mentioned butter as a flavor. One really (laughs) easy thing to like that is a flavor. That's a legit holiday flavor. There are things you can do like browning it. Browning the butter before and like letting it cool before you make cookies that you just are like Mm -hmm. doubling down on that flavor. And I haven't I don't have a ton of experience, but a lot of people love to add like malted milk powder, which ups that sort of like milky buttery flavor. And sometimes people will toast it like toast milk powder and then add it to a very basic drop cookie. And it's the thing that just makes you be like, I don't know why, but I can't stop eating these. Same with white chocolate, like caramelizing white chocolate ahead of time. Like there's something about caramelized white chocolate. I'm not a big white chocolate fan, but when it's caramelized, it feels like richer and more extravagant that I think fits the holiday season. Yes. And it's so it's kind of like a fun baking project that makes your house smell amazing, too. Yeah. I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole at one point because I was also trying to think about like, what if people just want to do like what they know already, but put a little tiny twist on it. Right. So like a chocolate chip cookie with a little bit of peppermint Mm -hmm. extract. So it becomes a minty chocolate chip cookie. And then you add like some crushed candy canes in it or on top for like the visual of it. Yeah, it's so good. I think that's kind of the appeal of crinkle cookies, to be honest. You know, like it's just a really simple cookie thing. You roll it in the sugar and then it bakes and you're like, oh, look how pretty. It's a pattern. Anyway, I ended up on the Vanilla Bean blog, which is famous for the pan banging chocolate chip cookie. Who's written many great baking cookbooks also. Oh, she's like such a she's a cookie master to me. And she has done so many pan banging cookies at this point. So she has one on her site for a sugar cookie, a pan banging snickerdoodle, a pan bang ginger molasses cookie. So that's really nice, too, because, again, you're just taking these simple cookies, simple flavors, but a holiday twist. You make them big. You pan bang them. You can tell someone about it. I don't know. I just think that's like a fun, really simple approach. Also, I'm laughing uh, because that pan, the the effect of pan banging is exactly the texture that Stacey said she loves in a cookie. It is. It is. That's why she's like, everybody pan bang. Yes. So what you like pull, you do, you make them larger. I think um, she may even call for like a higher gluten flour in some of them, like a bread flour. So they get chewier and then you pull them out like while they're still hot and you physically bang the pan and it creates this ripple effect in the cookie and sort of like flattens them. So you do get that like super crispy edge, chewy in the middle, exactly what Stacey said she loved. But you saying uh, changing the 
scale of the cookies, you said making them big, reminded me that Our Best Bites has this whole like recipe book. I think you can buy it. It's pretty inexpensive for making giant cookies. So instead of giving a dozen cookies, you give like one giant sugar cookie or one giant chocolate chip cookie and you buy pizza like the small pizza boxes you can go to your local pizza shop or order them on amazon and then it's like this pre like it's such a fun we did that one year in boise i'm now remembering i made like dozens of them and we gave them away to people maybe i'm gonna do that again this year yeah to me that's so fun so fun like i love that because you know you guys sometimes there's one family that always gives us. They're not like a close family. Okay, you don't think they listen? But they to the always podcast? give a box. No, okay. for sure they okay. don't. They give a box of cookies, and it's like you can tell they like overextended themselves. You know what I mean? Like half of the stuff is stale by the time it gets to you. Like they Stacey, are going no. for yeah, they're going for like a classic all different variety, like holiday cookie extravaganza. And I, I really deeply appreciate the effort, but I want to be like, you guys, you can make this so much easier (laughs) and everybody would be happy getting like one giant sugar cookie or one giant pan bang ginger molasses cookie. I don't know. I just think, um, sometimes keeping it easier yields a better result. And it's always we say this all the time about entertaining, about gifting food, about even just feeding your own family. Never underestimate the classics. They are classics for reasons like the chocolate chip cookie is the most popular cookie in the world for a very good reason. (laughs) You know, I think sometimes we just think we like have to change it up so crazily like you don't. Brilliant. I think that's where we take us on out to the listeners community and hear what everyone else is baking for gifting and for holiday traditions. If you haven't joined us there already, please join our free listeners community. It really is the best place on the Internet full of smart shopping lists, meal plans, thousands of other home cooks just like you, just like us. So visit denijustfeedyou.com backslash community to join us there. You can also on that page find more information about becoming a supporting member of our community, getting those bonus episodes as well as our ad-free stream, coming to the live Q&A that we mentioned. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram where we are at Didn't I Just Feed You. A huge thank you to our producer, Samantha Gatsik. I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. Stay sane and well-fed until next time. Be sure to subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You wherever you're listening. And don't forget to rate and review. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.